0: Welcome to Truth Triumphant Radio, I'm your host Cody Mori, and today I wanted to discuss um, well, a little bit on current events first, and then I wanted to talk about Ellen White and the signs of the times. Actually, we're going to entitle this this talk, uh, Ellen White and the signs of the times. And it might be sort of a part one of a couple because there is a, a lot of information on that but people uh probably have noticed by now i quote ellen white on the show quite often uh and the reason i do that is because i believe that the things that she stated are authoritative um in a similar way the bible is not quite the same way but and that is a, a seventh day Adventist uh, foundational belief now before you Turn the show off and run run the other direction as fast as you can. And I understand why you would do that, um, <clears throat> because that's where I came from in the beginning also. However, uh, when the Bible talks about prophets, there are some qualifying uh, statements about what constitutes a true and a false prophet. So I wanted to go through some of those today with you guys so that you could see why I quote... Um, her so often and and when I say her for me it's not her um, but it's inspired it's it's I'm quoting um, she was the pen used essentially that's how um, I understand it and again I declare her to be a prophet unapologetically that's what I believe and if you give me the opportunity I think that I can prove that to you as well and The reason is that when you look at the evidence, the evidence, uh, once the evidence is stacked up, it becomes a lot more persuasive. Um, And you think about it too. You just think about in general. Look at the times we're living in right now. I mean, just the confusion and chaos. It would make sense that God would send a last day prophet somewhere, wherever it is. There should be one somewhere at this point already because the stuff we're seeing the level of deception that we are seeing going on in the world today and how utterly asleep most of the people in the churches are and most of the people even in the world are i was talking with somebody uh at work this week and they they said that Oh, I wish we would just close down the state uh, for coronavirus. And I, I said, I said seriously, I said we're one of the only states that's allowed to be open, um, you know, fully a hundred percent right now, and that means that we can work. And they said, yeah, but you know, it's dangerous, and it helps stop crime and stuff like that. And the reasoning was very, you know. Wishy-washy, I guess. In my mind, there was obviously no constitutional lawful, no rule of law sort of backing behind it or principles behind what the person was saying. They just wanted basically two weeks off paid um, to maybe uh, – they didn't seem at the time really afraid of coronavirus, but a lot of people are, and that bothers me. It really does bother me. Because this is not a pandemic at all. This is a plandemic. It is rightly named a plandemic, and you can check out those videos by plandemic that were taken down from YouTube. Um, I believe NewYorkCityGuns.com was one that had. BitChute, I believe, has them as well, which we are planning on opening up a channel there pretty soon ourselves. But the mask tyranny that's going on right now forcing people to wear masks uh, forcing people to breathe in their own co2 all day for some folks that are are indoors they have they're making us line up and do our temperature tests then go around to the it's just it's it's just crazy the lifestyle that even even here in florida some of the companies have adopted and individuals are asking questions in regards to the vaccine question, which Pastor Hughes and I plan on, uh, we plan on tackling that subject fairly soon. Uh, about mandatory vaccines. Uh, for me, as I've said before in the program, for me, uh, the issue is done. It's settled. Um, I I do not trust vaccines. I I'm somebody who worked for the government. Okay. was i was in the marine corps for five years i i i'm a patriot i love this country i do not trust the government okay i worked for them i do not trust them i know how they work i know how deceptive they are i know how even they operated with us as military individuals you know do this do that don't ask questions sort of way of doing things okay we're going to go here and none of us know why we're going to do this and none of us know why and who knows whether we're doing something good or evil, you know? So the, just the, the standard operating procedure of the military and not the, I'm not saying the military is bad. I, I think I learned a lot from the military and I'm, and I'm grateful for being in the military. I love our veterans. Obviously I'm one of them myself. I'm not browbeating the military, but I'm saying the government, which is in control of that military, them, I do not trust. For the most part, I trust veterans. I trust the brotherhood. I think it, and I trust a lot of people even in the country. I think um, the most untrustworthy individuals are always at the very top. And we can't say that the things that they're doing right now—they're not doing them on purpose because they're just—they're just blatantly, like for instance, uh, Gavin Newsom. Gavin Newsom in California, for instance, he. He tweeted out, after he closed the state, folks, he closed all the businesses for Thanksgiving, and all these these governors had all these ridiculous uh, draconian laws, you know, really, I mean, satanic laws. Satanic laws. I mean, anti-constitutionalism sort of laws. And he closed the state, he closed the businesses, and then on Black Friday he tweets out, uh, folks, make sure that you're supporting small businesses um, in these tough times. Um, hello? You close the businesses. How is anybody supposed to support small businesses on Black Friday if you close them? And then earlier with the, you got to wear face masks inside stuff, but then you find him, he's, he's at a, a, a party where there was way more than eight people there. Uh, some birthday party and they have video footage of it. And nobody's wearing face masks there So it's like a, a do as I say not as I do, but I I just I don't believe he's that stupid. I don't He's he went to Santa Clara, which is a Jesuit school. They they, they train people to be meticulous critical thinking sort of methodical people and they know exactly what they're doing, when they're doing it, and why they're doing it. A lot of stuff going on right now, folks. People have been talking about the Great Reset uh, meetings over there in Dachau in the past and, and what they're planning on doing. Uh, all of that, of course, is speculation. We will really just have to wait and see. Uh, the papacy has already spoke to Biden about what they're going to do about climate change. If you are a Christian who studies prophecy, then that ought to be a huge flag for you to say, okay, how are they going to deal with the climate issue? Well, according to Laudato Si, Pope Francis' encyclical back in, I believe, 2014, the earth needs a day of rest. And of course, what day is that going to be? That's going to be Sunday, folks. That's a Sunday law. And there, if it's a climate issue, this is a world issue, so it would have to be a world application. So we'll have to see what's going on. Of course, the Trump team and Sidney Powell and all those people are filing their different lawsuits in Pennsylvania. The one in Pennsylvania is going to look being looked at for the Supreme Court right now. I haven't heard anything past that. And then there's of course uh, Sidney Powell's down in Georgia and Arizona now. So we'll we'll and there's many many other lawsuits. So we'll just we'll really have to see what happens. It's Scary times we're living in, also exciting times we're living in, too, because you got to keep in mind, though the world seems ready to just flip that switch, you know, just it seems and it does seem like that seems like it's just whereas even a couple, even like a year or two ago, I thought some of this stuff was a a couple more years down the road, but it, it could be right at the doors now. I mean, it really, really could. Of course, all that all that is is of course speculation. What we got to do is we got to keep doing the work the Lord puts before us each and every day. Keep handing handing one of these COVID books out to somebody uh, that Pastor Hughes wrote, or Spirit of Prophecy testimonies material, or Bible having Bible studies. And I want you to pray for the people that we try to reach every week. We try to reach. I think we do mail outs to, uh, with our brochures, invitation to Bible studies. We've been mass mailing New Orleans, uh, San Francisco, and Los Angeles currently, and with a couple other areas as well that sort of come in when people request them. Just pray for those people. Uh, I had somebody email me, and every other word out of their mouth was a swear word about how You know, God doesn't exist and everything else. And I responded to him and asked him if they ever wanted to, uh, we apologize, you know, if we upset you, if you ever want to change your mind, do a Bible study. And then he responded to me and with some more swearing and stuff like that. But just pray, pray for that person, you know, that I offered again, I offered, I said, hey, if you're really interested in like talking about this a little more, if you have a question and you give me the opportunity to answer that question I think I can I think I can give you some answers that maybe you haven't heard before and why haven't people heard them before because not because um, pastors and preachers currently in the world don't know anything no because they refuse to teach that which they should know if they don't know and there's no excuse for to not know these things the doctrine has just fallen by the way has fallen by the wayside in pretty much every denomination except catholicism their doctrine is holding strong folks i mean put connect the dots put put it put it all together the things that are going on this is all according to plan but praise god it's not according to their plan even though they think it is it's according to god's plan and you got to remember that at the end of all of this that when the Jesuits, when the papacy, when the dark forces, the merchants of the earth and the kings that are drunken with the wine of Babylon, when they finally achieve their goal, which is world domination and subjection of you, the people, as the cattle of the earth, it will be at that moment, the Bible says that they, they gain power with the beast for one hour. If you take the day year principle, it's about 15 days. So they achieve their goal finally, and they get to enjoy it for a whopping 15 days before God intervenes. So the thing, the question is, are you going to be one of the people that just go with the flow and go along with all this stuff? That are that are drinking the, the Kool-Aid about coronavirus? And I'm not saying the virus isn't real it's real it's real but is it anywhere near as bad as they're saying it is no it's not not even according to the cdc it's not only six percent of people without pre-existing um life-threatening pre-existing conditions are people that have actually died from it six percent of the number that we have which would make that a much smaller number. I believe that would be about 15 to 20,000 now. That's almost nothing. That's almost nothing. But again, the question is, are you going to be one of these people that are going to go with the flow, that are going to live in fear, that are going to just do what you're told, that are going to have, have get your your job threatened or your life threatened or your property threatened and you're just going to say, "Okay, I'll do whatever you want." Or are you going to look by faith to heaven? Are you going to look by faith to a a world that is without end? Are you going to look by faith to a place that God says, eye has not seen, ear has not heard, neither has entered into the heart of man the things which God has in store for them? And are you going to overcome? Are you going to keep the law of God through the power of the Holy Spirit? Are you going to hand over your sins to Jesus and say, take my sins and give me your righteousness? And then be one of that few number. Because most people will not do that. That's the sad part. That's the very, very sad part. The fact of the matter is we don't know if you or me are going to make the cut. But we just have to walk day by day. That's why we can't focus on all these things all the time. We have to just do the work that's before us. You know, as the Bible says, whatever thy hand findeth to do, do it with thy might. So whatever you have to do, do it, do it with all your strength. Don't worry about the past, Don't worry about the present. Don't worry about even the consequences, the rewards, or the outcomes of, of things as long as you know you're doing what's right. Leave those things to God. Because he is faithful and he will take care of each and every one of us. So again, I say, it is a very exciting time to be living. The apostles, the prophets, John himself, the revelator John, certainly Paul and Peter, they would, they would be jealous to be living in the days that we are. Not in, a, not in an evil sort of covetous sort of way. In a way of they they would be so excited to be a, have the opportunity to be a part of the people that get to see Jesus Christ coming in the clouds as victor and conqueror. And that's what he'll be. When he comes back, he will be victor and conqueror. Amen. So let's begin with Ellen White. I know that was a huge intro there. Uh, we'll probably have to bring this into the next week also, but that's okay, because it, its I believe it's a topic. At least, even if you don't believe me, at least it is something that you can understand where I'm coming from now. And I will say that when I first became a Christian, I became a Christian based off of the Total Onslaught series by Walter Weith and, and some of the stuff that he talked about there with the uh, the Jesuit Order and going over Daniel chapter 2 and 7 and all those things. Um, but I rejected Seventh-day Adventism because of Ellen White. So I understand where people are coming from there. you know. And just like I understand how people are on both sides of the Trump question, that doesn't mean I agree with it. But I do understand why people have a problem with Ellen White, at least at face value. So the question is, do we just leave it there, or should we actually maybe take a look at this? Well, if you listen this long, hopefully you'd like to take a deeper look. So let's start off with what the Bible has to say about prophets. 2 Chronicles chapter 20, verse 20. Jehoshaphat stood and said, Hear me, O Judah, And ye inhabitants of Jerusalem, believe in the Lord your God, so shall ye be established. Believe his prophets, so shall ye prosper. So, we are promised prosperity when we believe in God's prophets. Also, from Acts chapter 2, verse 17. It says and it shall come into it'll shall, it shall come to pass in the last days saith God I will pour out of my spirit upon all flesh and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy and your young men shall see visions and your old men shall dream dreams so in the last days there is a promise of the gift of prophecy and as i've said before it This is not really a denominational question anymore. Are we living in the last days is uh, an answer that you would hear even from people who just basically believe in God that have no denominational affiliation whatsoever. Just by what they see. They know that some of the stuff that's going on is crazy and it can't go on much longer. Again, 1 Corinthians Chapter twelve, verses one and then eight through ten. Now, concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I would not have you ignorant. Now, remember, this is the apostle Paul speaking in New Testament times. So, verses eight through ten says this: For to one is given the spirit of the spirit. Sorry, for to one is given by the spirit the word of wisdom, to another the word of knowledge by the same spirit, to another. Faith by the same spirit. To another, the gifts of healing by the same spirit. To another, the working of miracles. To another, prophecy. To another, discerning of spirits. To another, diverse kinds of tongues. To another, the interpretation of tongues. So, one of the gifts there listed is the ability to prophesy, or the, the gift of prophecy, as it's sometimes called. Now, When we go over to Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11, it says, And he gave some apostles and some prophets, some evangelists and some pastors and teachers, for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, and for the edifying of the body of Christ. So so God gives special abilities to people, talents. He gives apostles to the church. He gives prophets to the church evangelists and pastors and teachers. Now we have pastors, teachers, evangelists, some people who are missionaries, you might call them, you know, s- slightly sort of like apostles, not like the apostles, but in a way sent sent ones, which is what that word means. It would make sense that there would be this last one. And what is the purpose of the gift of prophecy or having a prophet in your church? It is for the perfecting of the saints for the work of the ministry and for the edifying of the body of Christ. So the up, upbuilding of the church of Christ, the actual perfecting of the saints. So this would be somebody who would tell you to keep the law of God, right? That would That's the standard of perfection. And the work of the ministry. So they would be uh, focused on evangelism. They'd be focused on evangelism. Now, Let's go to Revelation. Revelation chapter 12 and verse 17. It says this, And the dragon was wroth with the woman, and went to make war with the remnant of her seed, which keep the commandments of God, and have the testimony of Jesus Christ. Now, what does that mean, the testimony of ...of Jesus Christ, because this last day church here, the remnant, it'll be a remnant, small number, not a large number, a remnant. These small group of people who are of the seed of the woman, which the seed of the woman is, is Christ, and the woman is the church. And all those symbols can be unlocked. Uh, you can go to Jeremiah chapter 6, for instance, to see that Jerusalem is likened to a comely and delicate woman... And then the Apostle Paul over and over again talks about the seed and it being representing Christ. So the seed, so Christ's church keep the commandments of God and they have the testimony of Jesus Christ. Now, what is the testimony of Jesus Christ? If you flip a couple chapters forward, you get to Revelation chapter 19 and verse 10. And it says, And I fell at his feet to worship him, and he said unto me, See thou do it not. I am thy fellow servant and of thy, of thy brethren that have the testimony of Jesus. Worship God, for the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. So the gift of prophecy will be in, uh, will be an identifying mark of God's last day people. The remnant church, small number of people, will keep the commandments of God, and will have the gift of Prophecy. That's what Revelation is saying. So that's what we need to be looking for um, as hallmark indicators of correct doctrine and truth and correct church. So what do we do if someone claims to be a prophet? Well, the Bible actually gives an answer for that. It says this, 1 John chapter 4. Beloved, believe not every spirit, but try the spirits, whether they are of God, because many false prophets are gone out into the world. So, and this is saying this sort of in the opposite way. It says, don't believe everybody that says they're a prophet, but test them. On the other side of that coin, don't believe everybody's a false prophet, but test them. So that's what we're to do. If somebody is claiming to be... A prophet, or the the gift of prophecy is, is claimed to be a talent given to, or a gift given to an individual, then that's something that we are to be able to test according to God. How do we test it? Well, we test it by the Bible, of course. We test it by the Bible. But I do want to give you a couple more quotes here couple more quotes here from the old testament proverbs chapter 29 verse 18 it says where there is no vision the people perish but he that keepeth the law happy is he so where there is no vision the people perish so people people get destroyed when the the gift of prophecy is taken away so it's it's a very important gift it's a very important gift and again something we need to be looking for as a hallmark uh, identifying characteristic in God's last-day doctrinal uh, church. Amos 3.7, another one. Surely the Lord God will do nothing, but he revealeth his secret unto his servants the prophets. So if God is working and he's doing something, he's not going to do it in some dark place somewhere. He's going to do it where he can reveal what he's doing to his people. That doesn't mean everybody's going to understand exactly what is going on. Like, the world will understand. That's usually not how it works because the God of this world has blinded the minds or the hearts of unbelievers. So, not everybody's going to understand, but he will reveal his secret unto his servants, the prophets. So, if he's acting, if he's doing something, you got to think about, these are the last days we're living in. You think God is just sitting back and doing nothing? I highly, highly doubt that. I highly doubt that. Now, we're running out of time here, and I we're definitely going to pick this up next week because we have a lot to cover, but we have a couple questions about prophets. Does a prophet have to be a man? Answer, no. Deborah, the judge was a prophetess. Miriam, the sister of Moses, had the gift of prophecy. Hulda, of the Jerusalem, uh, of the Jerusalem college, Hulda, H-U-L-D-A-H, in 2 Kings chapter 22, verse 14. You have Anna, the prophetess, that blessed Jesus in Luke chapter chapter 2. Elizabeth prophesied of Jesus, calling him Lord, in Luke chapter 1, verses 41 through 43. And then you had Philip's daughters in Acts chapter 21, verse 9, after Jesus had ascended. So you have all these women that had the gift of prophecy. So it's not specific uh, to just males. Now, does a prophet have to contribute to the Bible canon in order to be a legitimate prophet? In other words, do they have to write a book that is accepted and put into the with the rest of the books of Scripture in order for them to be legitimate? The answer is no. Again, First Chronicles chapter 29, verse 29. Now the acts of David the king, first and last, behold, they are written in the book of Samuel the seer, and in the book of Nathan the prophet, and in the book of Gad the seer. So those are a couple books we don't have. We don't have the book of Nathan the prophet. Do we have the book of Samuel the Seer? Perhaps 1 and 2nd Samuels uh, could be uh, the books being referenced there. But we don't have the books for Nathan, and we don't have the books for Gad. So they were both legitimate prophets in David's day. They wrote books of prophecy. They were not part of Scripture. So, no, it doesn't, you don't have to contribute to the Bible in order to be a legitimate prophet, not even in Old Testament times did you have to. Now, we're going to have to stop it right there, unfortunately, but we're going to get into the tests of a prophet. Now that we've proven the, the importance of the gift of prophecy in the church, And that it would be a component of the Last Day Church. Now we're going to look at the actual tests that the Bible gives. We're going to look at that next week. So stay tuned uh, for next week. And we will will get into that. And I think you'll find the information very, very interesting. But we're going to have to stop it there. Uh, God willing, we'll see you guys next week. God bless.